Well, hello, folks. It's uh, story time again. This is Ken David Stewart. Ah, uh, as some of you may have figured out already, I like to write more than one novel at one time, so I always have a few that are in progress. And, uh, you know, lately it's been uh, more of this than less has been my approach. Uh, but let's go with one of the new ones I'm working on. This one's kind of sticking with me. This is called The Crayfish That Destroyed Winnipeg. Why, of course, yours truly, Ken David Stewart. Chapter 1. Earl Dawson rolled over on his side of the bed and through glazed and blurry eyes glanced over at his Sony digital alarm clock. Bright red numerals indicated that it was 3.03 a.m. Oh, shit, Earl said as he rolled over in the king-sized bed that he shared with his wife, Edith, his wife of 20 years. It was July 25th, 2017, in Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada. Earl and Edith owned a beautiful red brick home on Wellington Crescent in the wealthy area of the city. The successful couple's home was flanked on each side by equally expensive houses. Wellington Crescent was populated by upwardly mobile professionals, doctors, lawyers, dentists, and the like. Earl rolled over towards his wife's side of the bed. He knew from experience this was likely to be a useless and frustrating course of action. Sleep had not come easy for Earl during the last two weeks. He had recently turned 58 and had not been enjoying the initial years on his journey toward old age. Wasn't life supposed to slow down and get easier as one reached this age? Whoever told the earlest tidbit of wisdom was a fool. One's body got older and slower. You had aches and pains that you never had before. You had less energy to fight your daily battles. This was an appropriate metaphor for Earl's present life, as he was increasingly feeling like he was a somewhat disabled soldier, fighting in a war that he was no longer sure that he could win. Recently, Earl Dawson had not experienced any slowing down in the speed of his life trajectory, and the increasing number of serious issues that were crying out for his attention. After fitfully tossing and turning for nearly five minutes, Earl accidentally rolled over onto his wife's side of the bed. He had accidentally pressed his considerable body weight onto his wife's left arm. Edith, Earl's wife of the last 20 years, greatly resented being startled awake from a deep and peaceful sleep. Edith had suffered from a frustrating inability to remain completely asleep over the total course of a night for most of her adult life. It was her pattern to have to get up and read for about one hour before making an attempt to fall asleep again. Episode 2, The Physical Presentation of Dr. Earl Dawson Edith stared angrily at Earl and began to unleash her wrath upon her husband. Earl, this is the second time in three nights you've bumped into me and have woke me up at this ungodly hour. What is wrong with you? I think you should ask your business partner, David, if he would take you on as one of his patients and provide you with some type of psychotherapy. I'm a psychiatrist, Edith. 
I'm more than qualified to diagnose and treat myself. Snap back. You know that you can't psycho psychoanalyze yourself, Earl. It's impossible for you to be objective about your own issues, Edith argued. I would like to think that I know about more about my personal issues than David does, with all due respect to his obvious professional abilities. Besides, he is not only a distinguished colleague of mine, David is also my business partner and best friend. Earl stated as he stomped his left foot on the floor. Nevertheless, you need to be under the care of a professional therapist. Now that I consider the point you made, I must concede that David Mylander is likely an inappropriate candidate for you. But you need to find someone who is. Earl got off the mattress and began to pace around the bedroom. At 50 years of age, he still cast a vibrant, formidable figure. Earl is barrel-chested, but, pre but presented with a substantial amount of muscle mass. Although he was only 5 feet 10 inches tall, he had thick, muscular arms that he proudly displayed whenever he wore tank tops. His back and shoulders were also well-developed, often causing a casual observer to ignore Earl's obesity. Earl was very defensive about his excessive weight and didn't like it being pointed out to him. He rode bike and pumped iron as much as his professional schedule and diminishing energy levels would allow him. Earl was grateful for the fact that his entry into late middle age had not caused any significant hair loss. He had long snow-white hair tied back in a ponytail that ran halfway down his back. Earl was grateful that his family doctor had prescribed the medication finasteride or Proscar to treat his enlarged prostate. Earl was delighted when Dr. Lakewood informed him that finasteride worked like Propecia, the medication that delayed male pattern baldness. Earl was very proud of his long mane of hair and often spread it about like a peacock. Episode 3 This whole situation is ridiculous. My life is getting harder and crazier every day. It's like it says in that Dan Hill song, like a roller coaster riding out of control. Earl Dawson complained while continuing to pace back and forth, like the heat, like the hyena he saw last year at a Cinnabon Park Zoo. I'm 58 years old and can no longer cope with my own life. I just want to get off this roller coaster. The irony is that my day job is treating very mentally unstable people on a daily basis. I'm just asking for a decent night's sleep occasionally. I don't have to sleep well every night. My present sleep medication protocol is only marginally effective. During most nights, I average only three to four hours of sleep. I've already reached the maximum dosage of my sleep management medication. Episode 4 on the evening of July 27, 2017, Isaiah Jacobs, the 17-year-old brother of Caleb Jacobs, walks down the orange-carpeted steps on his way to his basement rec room study. Elijah is a tall, scrawny, red-haired teenager with a serious acne condition who looks like he could be the poster boy for a local chapter of Nerds United. Isaiah's private study is in his family's rec room. As he approached the door to his study, 
Isaiah noticed that the door is slightly ajar. As he pushed the door open, he sees a translucent red colored triangular rectangular Tupperware container on the right side of his expensive black office chair. He hears a loud scratching sound coming from the rectangular plastic Tupperware container. Isaiah bent over and picked up the container for closer observation. He can now see paths the glare emanating from the red translucent Tupperware container. He shivers with fright when a living creature attempts to move around. Isaiah is so petrified that he immediately drops the container on the floor of his study. Two of Isaiah's fingers manage to lift off the lid of the container. Isaiah notices that there is a narrow layer of what appears to be dirty river water occupying the bottom layer of the container. To his horror, Isaiah sees enough to identify the species of the formerly imprisoned animal. It is a large, hideous, orange crayfish. Episode 5 Do you know how this container got in my study, Isaiah? asked his little brother. Yeah, me and Rob and the rest of the gang went crayfishing last night and caught a bucket full of these critters. I figured I'd take one of them home with me, Caleb answered. Friday evening had arrived and it was crayfish season. Caleb walked to the family's refrigerator and broke off a small slice of bacon and tied it to a thread of string that was seven feet long. This was really all the equipment that he needed for a fun night of crayfishing on the banks of the Red River. Caleb heard a knock on his front door, and as soon as he opened it, he could see that Terence, Aaron, and Gray had their own strings of bacon in their hands and were ready to rock and roll. Let's go, Caleb. Ronnie and Peter are going to meet us at the opening to the Monkey Speedway. The Monkey Speedway was a man-made, or should I say a kid-made, trail of trampled-down mud, grass, and brush that covered an area of the riverbank. Nobody remembers who originally named this terrain as the Monkey Speedway, but the derivation of its name likely belongs to a variety of boys who tried to ride their bikes at top speed down this challenging path of brush. The ride itself can probably be compared to a smaller version of the Wild Mouse, a popular and scary roller coasting ride at the Red River Exhibition that arrived in Winnipeg every June. Many of the boys who originally went for a test ride on the Monkey Speedway ended up being suddenly and violently ejected from their bicycles. When they shook off the temporary sense of dis disorientation resulting from their fall, they could cast their eyes upward only to see their partially mangled bicycles dangling from the branches of the nearby trees. Some mischievous boys were not above setting potentially disabling and possibly fatally designed traps along the Mon Monkey Speedway. Some adventurous children did indeed suffer injuries resulting from these traps, but it was seldom worse than a bloodied and bruised elbow, a scraped knee requir requiring a few sutures at the local emergency ward, or perhaps a fractured wrist. Just let it be said that the boys of the Norwood Flats were tough. I should say, more correctly, uh, say that the boys and a certain girl, as there was a young lass named Tammy, who was known to ask the boys if she could join them for a game of tackle football, one of their potentially life-altering bike rides, or a wild evening 
of Friday Night Prey fishing. Okay, I'm going to leave it for uh, at that for now. In my story of the crayfish that destroyed Winnipeg, one of the latest novels I'm working on, you can reach me and find my WordPress blogs at kendavidstewart.org. Just Google that in. And if you want to write me, you can uh, email me at courageousken at yahoo.com. Uh, there's K's instead of C's in Courageous Ken. Okay, and uh, thank you for joining us today for another edition of Storytime. And it looks like it's still a nice uh, afternoon out there. Uh, you could go out for a bike ride today. Uh, you could uh, walk your dogs. I'll probably do that uh, later in the evening. Um, you know, uh, good idea, even though I'm getting older, take your dogs for a walk at least once a day. That's the ideal, anyway. Okay, I think I will close it off right there for this afternoon.